What? Dylan, I'm angry. Why are you angry? I I thought you were on a busy. Fo- I thought you were a busy signal on a phone. It, I, that was my that was my angry growl. I'm angry because it's NBA draft night and the Pacers just drafted. Oh, who did they just draft? Um, the guy, a guy I did not want them to take. Okay, when, when a guy I did want them to take was available. Uh, here's the problem, Ross. You're not an executive there. You don't throw money at them, so they don't give a fuck about your opinion. And also, this isn't a sports podcast, my dude. What are we doing talking it's about the, sports? Dylan, it's the cold open. We can talk about whatever we want. I don't care, man. I don't care about the Pacers. They can... Yeah. Well, they have scorned me, and they don't know why. Well, they fucking scorned me tonight and every other draft night for the past four fucking years. Thanks, Kevin Pritchard. I mean, isn't he a prick? Kevin Pritchard? Yeah. I mean, he's not good at drafting people. So he's, he's a prick. He's just not. I mean, he's made some good roster moves. He's just not good at evaluating t- young talent in the draft, I think. I mean, that's isn't that everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They see this raw potential and go, nah! And then they draft the 24-year-old who's not going to improve at all. But anyway, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we're here to talk about, Dylan. You're just bitter because you're not playing on the Pacers. No, I'm not. It's not that I'm bitter about not being on the Pacers. I'm bitter because they picked the wrong guy. Anyways, you're bitter. Yes, I am bitter, and this is going to be the bitter episode. No, it won't. It no, won't it be won't. the Bizzard podcast because I made you watch a fantastic, beautiful movie. Yes, you did make me watch a movie this week, and we are going to talk about it. Um, and we're, we're just going to dive right into it on this week's episode of. The Binge Picture Podcast. My emotions! And welcome back to the Binge Picture Podcast. The podcast where each week we still just two of us watch a movie every week. Um, It's been... A month and a half since we watched the Best Picture winner, so... Have you seen we... our Caleb? <laughs> our Caleb's been missing for three weeks. Yes, has Probably anybody more. seen Caleb? We have we have his picture on milk jugs. Unfortunately, it's yeah. not a very accurate picture because Ross and I drew it. Yeah, we drew it, even though we had plenty of pictures of him. We chose drawing instead to, to capture his true emotion. Yes. So, Dylan... <laughs> yes, sir. Well, oh shit, I forgot to do our introductions. Um, so we're supposed to watch all Best Picture winners, but without Caleb, we don't want to skip a huge chunk of them. So, um, we've just been bullshitting for the past six weeks. My cup of tea. Yes. Um, I am angry, bitter Indiana Pacer fan, Ross Benbenek, joined by... And I am the one who is too tired to be the angry one today, so I've decided to look to joy... I've looked to the joy of animation, the joy of storytelling, the joy. This is character development for you, Dylan. You've been the angriest boy the entire podcast. I've had a rough day. I can't be an angry boy today. <laughs> I've had a rough day. I can't it, I can't hold on to the anger. Hulk mm-hmm. is never always angry. It's fucking exhausting. Case in true. point. I tried to take a nap. I took a nap and I'm still fucking tired. <laughs> I think it's really hard for you to stay angry when we're talking about the, the movie most beautiful we're movie that I've seen in a minute that still makes me cry. And I'm talking like ball cry. Yes, this movie was incredibly emotional. Oh, I was not emotionally prepared. 
No, I was not either. I was not either. And I'm very, very glad. I'm very glad you made me watch this movie. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so this week we watched 2016's Your Name, a Japanese animated film uh-huh. um, that I'm, I'm going to hand the reins over to you, Dylan. Oh, how do what? I do this? Do I just talk what about it? What is this movie about? So, this movie's talk of this movie, this movie. I need to look up the characters real quick. You surprised me with this, so give me a I, second. I know I wanted to surprise you. I I know the guy's name is Taki. Yes, it's it's Taki and um, um, Mitsuhie. Mi, mis, Misuha. Mi, Mitsuha. Mitsuha. Right. So, mm. basically what happens in a long and short of it, you open up on this grand this like not grand. You open up on this like very nice kind of intro, but then you wake up to a woman who goes I'm a girl? And then the sister is just mm. like, hey, breakfast is ready, which is a fun little repetitious thing. Yeah, and yeah, then, they, they touch on the breakfast thing the whole time. Yes, and then you see this person live this person's life for a minute, like, and they're like, wait, how, this isn't, this isn't Tokyo, and then it goes from there, and then you and go to Taki, a man who has now realized... Who lives in Tokyo? Who lives by the in way. Tokyo? So, in reference, Mitsuhie lives in like rural Japan. Um, and then you have Taki wake up and be like, "Why do I have a penis?" Essentially, <laughs> yeah. How that one goes? Where did my boobs go? And why do I have a penis? Mm-hmm. That's essentially how that scene goes. And then you find out that Taki switches to Mitsuhie's body, and then Mitsuhie is in Taki's body, and they just switch because they saw a comet at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's that weird celestial thing that no one really knows about. And yes. the only reason they find out is because they leave notes for each other like, stop touching my boobs! Or like, hey, you really need to clean your room. Or like, hey, I'm sorry I made a mess. Hey, I may have screwed up your social life. Best of luck, kid. <laughs> yeah, they just leave these little notes for each other. Like, hey, I set you up on a date. Or, yeah. hey, you're popular now. And, every, <laughs> yeah. and when they get back to their own bodies, they're like, what the fuck did you do? Yeah, and there's no, like, direct communication line. Because it's always, mm-hmm. like, every other day or something like that. Yeah, it's like it's like when they fall asleep, they switch yeah. bodies. And then yeah. they'll fall asleep again, and they're back in their own bodies. Yeah, that's why I said every other day. So it'd be like, mm-hmm. Taki, uh, ta- real Taki, Mitsuhie Taki. Real Taki, Mitsuhie Taki, vice versa for Mitsuhie. And then, like, so wait, am I going over the entire plot? Um, I mean, really just kind of hit over the big points. We don't have to go mm-hmm. in detail about everything, just kind of and then, what the so, main points as are. The, as time goes on, they develop, like, a weird kind of, like, relationship with each other, like, semi-romantic. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're like, you know what? Let's meet. And, like, they set this thing up through their devices, through their journals. And then there's this weird thing where Mitsuhia leaves a note for Taki where it's like, hey, enjoy the meteor shower. He goes, what? There's no meteor Mm. shower today. And then everyone just goes, what? 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 And then you learn very important details. Yes. Very important details. The very important detail is um, when um, Taki goes to look for... Mitsuha. Mitsuhia. Mitsuha. Why do I keep saying Mitsuhia? Did you watch the Japanese version or the English dub? It, it would be either way, so it goes back uh, and forth. Yeah, um, so he goes looking for Mitsuha, and he ends up in her town, only to find out that her town was, was destroyed. destroyed by a meteorite that And it's the crashed. one from the first, it's the one from the first yes. scene where they both go, wow! 
well because they don't realize wow i'm about to die yes so we have this big revelation where we find out that um taki and mitsuha are switching bodies with each other but they're three years apart they are three years apart they're not in the same moment yeah um so taki realizes he's falling in love with someone who's been dead for three years and mitsuha slowly realizes oh my god my entire town's gonna blow up in like a day and a half oh god that twist that twist when you're there and it's like yeah they live in this town and the couple goes oh no that town and then it's just and everyone's like wait a minute (laughs) even the side characters that got brought along like his Mm -hmm. boss and like his friend like Mm. we're just like we're going to that town i'm like you could you could have said something i know it's for dramatic effect but oh my god you couldn't have mentioned the fact that the town is now a lake yeah very much a lake it is a literal lake oh Um, god so Uh. we go through the motions with taki coming to terms with this and mitsuha and her friends three years in the past trying to avoid their it's not even like oh yeah like all the friends try and do it because like they each have two friends Two friends is all you need in this world. <laughs> the plot of the movie. That's why I've got you and Caleb and nobody else. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so then Mitsuha and her two friends are fighting to save their town. And yeah, Taki they, try, they to... try and do, like, a false emergency thing, like, over yeah. the broadcast system. Because yeah. Mitsuha's dad is, like, is the, the governor. But yeah, he's the high official of it. Yeah. So whenever she just tries and goes up to him and goes, like, hey, we need this to stop, it doesn't really work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's shown throughout the movie that her dad fucking sucks. Her dad <laughs> doesn't suck. He's just strict. It's, like, Japanese culture and all that. Like, it's a mm-hmm. cultural difference. Yeah, um, and meanwhile, while the, all while this is going on, after that midpoint, they stop switching bodies for a, a good amount of time. And, and Taki slowly... is very confused and starts yes. forgetting her. He forgets her and she forgets him. And just instinctually, they both end up biking or walking out to the lip. Of, it looks like a dormant volcano, right? Yeah. That crater yeah, they go yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. They both go to this crater with this hidden shrine. And it's after Taki has the realization that Mitsuha's dead. Yeah. He goes into the shrine and drinks sake that Mitsuha had made and yeah. left there years before. And then, and like a pure goddamn acid trip, she just go. He goes to the back. And we're. Uh, well, my, I want to talk about that sequence. Oh, it's beautiful, detail. isn't it? Um, once we get through the plot, um, but they they go through the motions of reconnecting, and at the very beginning of the film, there's a moment when Mitsuha is in school, and um, her teacher talks about this time of day, the twilight where, hour. The twilight hour, how it's this mystical hour where worlds collide. And it's between dawn and dusk. It's just mm-hmm. like right there. It's just like that yeah. small hour. And Mitsuha in her time and Taki in his time are walking around the lip of this giant crater. And right at twilight, their worlds cross over and they pass each other. They turn around and they see each other and they have the briefest of conversations and they remember each other. Yep. It's just in that moment. It's just like, ha. Huh. Finally. It's such a good scene. It's such a good oh. scene. And they have this beautiful, heartwarming sequence. And they're like, where... hey, write down your name on my hand, because then yes. we'll remember each other, we'll find each mm-hmm. other, everything will be okay. God everything damn it, okay. Taki, you bastard! You motherfucking and... bastard! And before, oh, and before Mitsuhie could even put her on, put her put her name on his hand, the twilight hour ends, and then like yep. the, pen and falls, the pen falls, and it's soul-crushing in almost every way. 
Ah, it is so painful. It's such. It's so heart wrenching seeing these two essentially star-crossed lovers. They are star-crossed lovers. Like that's the literal definition liter- of this movie. Li- literally, they're literally star-crossed lovers. Um. So Mits- Mitsuha, in her time, still fights to get the town saved, and she and her friends do this whole fake evacuation plan. Meanwhile, Taki is just knocked out. He's like, it's just not. He's essentially yeah, he's- just like, why am I? And like, knocks out. He yep. drank too many booze. He, he got knocked mm-hmm. on his ass. Um, so eventually we end up fast forwarding Mm -hmm. five years past Taki's time. So eight years. Oh yeah. Should we just tell them that they live like the dad, like Mitsuhi walks up and like slaps her dad and goes, listen, Mm -hmm. I'm being dead ass serious. We're all going to die. Yeah. So and after that point, they cut away and we don't know what happens. Yeah. And then like the meteor lands, the comet lands and it blows up. Yep. Until it cuts to... Like a news report. Yeah, well, I was going to say it cuts to Taki. As an adult now, he's going back and forth to job interviews and job interviews. And he's like, I'm and just like, I want to help people. And like, I want to build things. And he's walking through Tokyo and he's forgotten Mitsuha at this oh, point. Oh yeah, he does not. Mitsuha has forgotten him. But remember, we don't, we don't, at this point, we don't know whether Mitsuha lived or not. But as Taki's going, he goes to a cafe. And then and two, her he, two friends are there. And it, he and it doesn't triggers know him. them. It triggers him slightly. It, but it stops exactly. him. Exactly. He doesn't know them. But when he was living in Mitsuha's body, he did know them. And it triggers something in him. And he's like, what is this? Like, what is this? Um, and he walks through Tokyo and we see Mitsuha's sister. We see Mitsuha's grandmother. And eventually. Well, we he see gets them alive. We, he doesn't yes, see them. Yes, we see them alive. He does not, he does not see yeah. them, but we see yeah. them. Um, we the audience and he gets on a train and just a chance passing he sees Mitsuha uh, oh and he cannot help but think I know this person I know this person I know this person this person is incredible. you're gonna make me to cry me. I know you're her. gonna make me cry and there is this heart-wrenching sequence at the very end of the movie where the two of them are crisscrossing through Tokyo trying to find they're each running other. they're legitimately running from two different stations in goddamn yeah, they're Tokyo running. they're running they don't know who they are running to they don't they know who they're feel looking it. for they just they feel just feel it. this this feeling in their hearts that they have to find this person and i can't remember who goes up and who goes down but um, one of talking them goes, goes down Taki goes Taki up. Goes, Taki goes up, and then um, Taki goes up. The and Mitsuhia stairs. goes down, and then and Taki, and it's just like that awkward, like how do you do, mm-hmm. kind of in social interaction. Yeah. But then Taki stops, bringing hope to the audience, whoever watches this movie, and like he does like that beautiful like thing that they do in Japanese mm-hmm. animation, where they don't show the face, they just show the hands, which hands are like the most important thing, like in that mm-hmm. moment, and it's like, hey, I know you from somewhere. Yes. And then she goes, and I she's thought like, you I so know you too. too. And then it's like, what's your name? And then I die. And then, and then I die. And the movie's over. That's the last frame. Oh, oh my God. It's so stressful, but it's such a beautiful story. Um, Dylan, you've, you've seen this movie before. I've seen obviously. it multiple times and I still um, cry. So I... Yes, give me. Uh, like, what, what do you love about it? So, what scenes do you? So from the beginning, one like this. The studio who does this. I'm looking at them right now. But cinematography studio. So the, it's Toho, right? No, it's so. Oh wait, that's production company. Oh yeah, Toho is. It, it was distributed by Toho. The people okay, who okay, made okay. this is uh, Co Mix Wave Films. They have 
multiple other movies. And something I personally love about these movies is um the music. Just the like it's like the music videos that happen the, in the oh, middle. No. Those yes, were the fantastic. Score is incredible. Uh, that is done by Red Wimps and Wait, are you talking the mu- like the songs yeah. or like the score? Yeah, it's both. It's both. Both? Okay, yeah. yes. I agree with both. I, ag- I agree with both. I agree yeah. with both. Um, and like, I just love those because it just, it's like the like character montage. And instead of like mm-hmm. the boring ones, it's like this fantastic like other one. And it's great. And I love yes. it perfectly. So beautiful. Um, do you want to talk about the animation? Oh my God. Do you want to uh, tell me that 2D animation is dead? You're fucking wrong. Yeah, um, this movie makes me want every animated movie to be made with um, hand, 2D animation because I don't think it was inter- it was not hand drawn like this. You can tell with oh yeah, there are parts was, like in like in like the big mass scenes. There's always like 3D people, mm-hmm. and that's the biggest like yes, do that. We don't need you to break yeah. yourself over the minute inertia the, the of the film minutia of. 2d animation yeah. um but dude like I, I you you know me i like the animated disney classics mm-hmm. i love the animated disney classics i miss when they had their hand-drawn 2d animation oh, yeah. um it, it, disney at their 2d best have nothing on your name oh um, this was gorgeous oh. the environments the p pe- like the character animations mm-hmm. everything and that fucking sequence that I text, I was, as I was watching it, I texted you about it um, last um, night. Uh, what'd you text me? What'd you text me word for word? Yeah, look up the, I'm, I'll pull I'm the text up, up real I'm quick. looking up. You put it in the group chat. That's all I remember. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Talking business shrine, slips and falls, pretty colors. Oh shit, right. That was me. The part where the, he slips in the shrine and you, holy fucking shit. Uh, yes, Dylan, I'm watching exa- your name right now. The animation is fucking gorgeous. That yes. was in reverse. Yeah, you read that in reverse, but basically the gist was I was watching it and the animation was gorgeous and then Taki slipped and fell on the shrine yeah. and my mind exploded <laughs> because Taki, there's this point when Taki drinks the sake mm-hmm. in the shrine, um, he goes on a trip, he slips backwards and he falls uh-huh. and then he has this out of body experience, yeah. which we as the audience experienced through this insane 2D this was all hand drawn. It was. It was 100% hand drawn. It was hand-drawn. very clearly hand drawn. Like the rest of the movie, the rest of the movie was hand drawn, but it was enhanced. It was, you could it was tell. It was enhanced hand drawn. It was enhanced hand drawn where they used um, computers to enhance the movie. Yeah. This sequence was about five minutes of pure hand drawn. Brilliance. Perfection. Yes. It was perfect. Yes. The colors f- swirled in just the most beautiful motions. And we got to see Taki living through Mitsuha's entire life up to the entire point, like, life up until that point. Up until that point, we see the whole. We see Mitsuha's entire story told in five minutes, mm-hmm. and it's just told perfectly. Where you, we didn't really there was like four lines of dialogue that whole sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we didn't need all this dialogue. It's the perfect these, show, not tell. It's it was show not tell, dude. Show not tell. We have talked about show not tell so much on this podcast. It's the perfect. It's the best way to do it, dude. This was absolutely incredible. I cannot get some of these. I cannot get some of the parts of this movie out of my head. It was absolutely incredible, and I'm very, very glad you made me watch it. <laughs> you had three choices, and I picked, all of them. I picked a good you one. Picked, I picked a you good picked, one. You picked honestly, probably the second best one. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, what's the best? Weathering one? with you is actually same studio, same kind of thing. Oh, so, shit. but like it hit, it hits a bit deeper. But like, uh-huh. but Boy and the Beast, like it's again tied for second is Boy and Beast and your name. But Weathering with you, I think it's just recency because I watched it so mm. recently that it just yeah. breaks me more. Again, <laughs> this studio makes me cry. This studio literally, like, if, if I was getting emotional oh, at the end of this movie, if like uh, so. When you text me stuff, and I was like, oh, I should probably revise myself on the movie. I didn't watch it in its entirety, but I watched, mm. like, beginning, middle, and, oh, my God, if you watch a react of, like, all the people just, like, in that train scene, mm. oh, it made me cry. Oh, it but- made me bawl. Mm-hmm. I was just like, it's so precious. <laughs> I, w- I had had a couple of alcoholic oh, beverages yeah. while Wait, I was I watching I want to defend it. myself real quick. I get a text from this man here being like, Dylan, how dare you wa- make? How dare you not warn me about drinking alcohol and watching this movie or something along those yeah. lines. No, I have I have the text right here. I'll read it. Okay. I'll read it out loud for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan, how dare you let me drink alcohol while watching this movie? And then just a separate text right afterwards just said, my emotions. Yeah. <laughs> to which you said, and I quote, good Ross good, feel emotions. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, this is not a two drink movie. No. Because two drinks is just enough to give me like a little nice feeling, uh-huh. but also make me really big in the feels. Um, the end of that movie just got me, man. Oh my God. End of that movie. And like, the the story is so good. You care for the characters. Yes. And the way, the way they tie the nonlinear story together with a fucking hair tie. Oh my God. Because at the very beginning of the movie, uh, Mitsuha loses her hair tie. Yeah. And throughout this entire movie, Taki has um, a, a a bracelet around his wrist. And we go through the movie and we find out that. It's Mitsuo's ter- hair tie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, oh, the point in the movie... I'm just going to gush over this movie with no free, with no framework. The point in the movie when she's up, <laughs> when she's doing her hair, and, like, her right eye just bleeds tears, and it just, like, gushes tears. I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, I die! I will say... I will say this this movie is one of the most accurate portrayal of teenagers in that <laughs> they're always fucking sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I, it felt weird, like I won't lie. When I first watched it, it, I watched it back in 2017, and so when it first came, essentially out. yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I was living with shithead roommates at the time, so when they saw me like tear up a bit, they're like, "Ah, pussy," and like all that shit. So fuck them. Mm-hmm. Fuck that toxic masculinity bullshit. It is totally okay to cry at movies. Damn right. I've cried at several movies. I will always cry in Spider Verse at three points. I know what one of them is. What are the other two? Uh, wait, what one do you know? The one w- when Peter jumps under the portal and he gives Miles that nice. Oh, he's speech. like not bad kid. Yeah. Um, so it's that one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, uh, when Aunt May sees a uh, different Peter Parker, because oh, that God, scene, yes. like as short and as quick as it is, makes me cry. And then uncle Aaron dying, mm-hmm. uncle Aaron oh, dying yeah. combined with, um, his dad going to his room. Yeah, all oh, that that, that scene where breaks he's, me. Oh god, yes, that movie. Spider Verse is another perfection, movie. perfection in terms um, of storytelling, animation, and capturing comics. But beside the point. Yes, um, that that, that leads me into one thing I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. But before we get to it, Dylan, what is your rating for your name? Uh, twelve. A twelve out of twelve. 10? It's 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 an eight point five for me. It is a very solid eight point five out of you ten. You whore, for me. give it a nine. Lo- give it a I nine. Love- 
Ah, oh, fuck it. I'll give it a Yay, nine. I loved it. Peer it pressure. was so good. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. Dylan, why do you why do you rate your movie so high? Because it it's all the times that made me cry. <laughs> you you cried twelve times in this I hour. I cried 47 tears of joy. Movie. I cried tears of sadness. I cried yeah. tears of tears. It was just a lot. I was emotionally mm-hmm. and mentally overwhelmed. It was a lot. Yes. Um. So, Dylan. There's something about this movie that I would like to talk about. Uh, and it is the fact that it continues a very good recent trend of animated films. That kick ass kicking, in, that kick ass in the box office. Ass. No, no, just generally. Yeah. Kicking ass. Mm-hmm. Um because I don't know if you've heard of these little indie studios called um Pixar and um Studio Ghibli. Didn't they? Uh, didn't they make a one about the fish boys in Italy? And then there wasn't there a, a Totoro. There was a neighbor. They had a Totoro. <laughs> there was a neighbor. It was neighbor. the neighbor. It, it was Totoro. <laughs> uh, y- yes, um, I think we're seeing a very big and very good uptick in high quality animation. I will make an unpopular opinion here. <laughs> I what think storytelling in terms of Pixar's wheelhouse has gone down. I, I, I don't, I won't agree, but I won't disagree. Mm-hmm. I think that Pixar's in a weird spot right now where they're they have to conform to the mouse too much. They're conforming a little bit too much to the mouse, and they're focusing a little too much on sequels, and they're not going balls to the wall crazy new stories. I will say though, Luca was great. I loved Luca, Luca was okay. Luca was I okay. Loved it. I loved Soul the small did better. story. Soul did better. I disagree. I liked Luca more than I liked Soul. Mm. Um, but Ghibli is still kicking ass, even if their most even if their most recent movie was a huge dud. What was their most recent movie? Earwig and the Witch. It was they yeah. used their first three D animated movie. Yeah, it was I remember good. that. Oh, I didn't um, like it. But Ghibli's still pumping out hits. Pixar's pumping out hits, and Sony's starting to pump out some hits because they they've had two great ones over the past couple of years. Yeah, Spider Verse because they've had and... Spider Verse and. The Mitchells versus the Machines. Oh, they did that one? Yeah, did you watch that on Netflix? No. <laughs> Dude, watch it. Watch it. It is absolutely incredible. And especially for somebody who likes movies, uh-huh. you'll love Heard. it. It's, it's got very nice little in-jokes and it's very filmmaker-centric. Okay. I'm just... No. So, talking about accolades of this movie, I was reading its box office history. So, mm-hmm. um, it's the second largest grossing domestic film in Japan behind Spirit Away. Like animated or overall? Overall, because the next two are Damn. Titanic and Frozen. <laughs> so that's all very, that. Very different movies. First anime very not directed movies. by Hao Miyazaki to do that. Um, mm. I think, though, I don't know. I don't think it did well in the States in terms of budget. I mean, I mean, anime's never. I mean, I don't, you're I'm a not liar because this. you want to know why? There what? was a movie called Demon Slayer Mugen Train, and that murdered everyone. It came out this year. Out? It came out this year, and it oh, murdered yeah. everyone. Like everyone I, did not stand a chance. Now, to be fair, it also came out. What what month did it come out? Oh, April, February, May. March, April, April. That was before theaters really started going again with theatrical releases. So I'm. I mean, I'm not. I'm not discrediting that movie or anything. I'm just saying, if we had a full. If we had a hey, full buddy. release, I don't know. Hey, buddy, what? guess how much what? you made at the box office? I want you to guess. Um, hmm. Like overall, or its opening weekend? Overall, overall in just the U.S., uh, eighty-seven million. 
So, as a whole, of the world, Mooga Train made $500 million. $500 million worldwide? Yeah. That's a lot. That that is several dollars. Yeah, and then in the United States, on its opening weekend, made forty seven point seven million dollars. That's a, that's pretty good for an animated movie in the middle of in pandemic the, era. In the middle of a pandemic, before the vaccine really started rolling out. Yeah, and then two consecutives. And then yeah, man, it just went full go. It went full go. Um, but yeah, yeah and then I, your name think- in retrospect to get back on topic did about. Four point one point four four billion yen, and in transla- in uh, currency transition, it's three hundred eighty million dollars and change. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Like that's three hundred eighty million. Like in the U.S., that is a solid that was, summer block. Uh, that was worldwide. Oh, worldwide. Either way, that is like you know that is a solid summer blockbuster total, right? There. Oh yeah. And people want to shit on these movies, and I'm like, fuck you. I, I don't want to shit on them by any means, and I don't know. I mean, I haven't met anybody that's super shitty on anime, at least. Um, there's one thing in this movie that I think we have to talk about. The influence of Hayao Miyazaki, and the fact that Hayao Miyazaki made the food in the fucking Ghibli movies look so fucking good <laughs> and the food in this movie was equally as so fucking good fucking good how does anime do it Dylan? oh how um how they make me so hungry <laughs> they make me hungry i had just eaten dinner and i was looking at this movie and i was looking at the bento boxes and i was like oh my god it looks so good <laughs> i want rice balls and sushi and pho i want so much of the pho. It just—it's honestly like I'd recommend looking at a lot of um, behind the scenes for YouTube yeah, stuff, I, like animation uh, stuff, because it takes a lot. But oh my god, the payoff yeah. is fantastic! Yeah, the one thing I love about animated movies is they require a shit ton of work. Oh yeah, like it's not an easy thing. Like people think that a lot of people, the general conception among a lot of people right now is that animation is something for kids it's low effort low brow shit just to throw out there to entertain kids but things like your name um soul they prove that animation animation when you handle it with care you can tackle stories that you can't tackle with live action 100 like into the spider-verse would not have worked as a live action movie. live action spirited away does not work as a live action movie nope you want to be? Um, you want Uncanny Valley? You want the terrible CGI dragon they would probably have made? Yeah, you you want the Uncanny Valley looking shit of Henry Cavill's upper lip in Justice League? <laughs> ah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> oh god, that movie. That's what you get if you tried to do. If you really wanted to go for the feel of a Ghibli, or fun just, fact, uh, yeah, I guess a, fun fact. Your name has a live live movie adaptation, live act, really? yeah, live action adaptation. Uh, is, is it a Japanese? Is it Japanese? Looking or is it, at um, it now, um, because if it's American, that's a red flag. Because we don't have a good track record oh, of adapting. Oh no! Animes. Oh no! <laughs> I read it's a bunch of white people, isn't it? Um, on Dece- September twenty seventh, twenty seventeen, producer J.J. Abrams and screenwriter oh, no. Eric Heiser announced they are working on a live action remake. It's not oh, out yet, but no. it's being made. 
by J.J. fucking Abrams. It's, it's by his company. It's by Paramount and Bad Robot. Oh, God, it's by Paramount. Uh, Par- I mean, Paramount... They have uh, SpongeBob. They have SpongeBob, and that's it. I was going to say, to be fair, Paramount made Indiana Jones, so it's not like Paramount hasn't made good movies. <laughs> Mark Webb um, has signed on to direct the movie. Oh, God, they have 500 Days of Summer and Amazing Spider-Man. Shit. Oh, uh, no. Um, nothing against nothing 500 Toho. Days of Summer. They're working with Toho. Okay, that's good. That's good. Oh, my but if God. You're, uh, and the movie is apparently going to be about a Native American woman and a young man living in Chicago switching bodies. Uh, leave it to J.J. Abrams to completely ruin something good. J.J. Why? Leave it alone. When, uh, when is J.J. When is J.J. Abrams? Dylan, I need you to answer this question uh-huh. for me. When has J.J. Abrams ever ruined anything? When? Name one time that J.J. The entirety Abrams of the star, new Star Wars trilogy. Name two times that J.J. Abrams Second has Star Trek movie. Name three times. Cloverfield? <laughs> okay, name four times. I'm running out of them. <laughs> yeah, and Cloverfield was a reach. Yeah, Cloverfield was a bit of a reach. <laughs> because Clover, the second Cloverfield movie was really good. Too. Yeah, and I know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh wait, can I just say Star Wars again? <laughs> can I just yeah, say fuck it, can sure. I say Rise of Skywalker? Can I say um Force Awakens and then Rise of Skywalker? See, I okay, I will fight you on yes, Force Awakens. Yes, we'll Force have Awakens that episode. Give me that fucking episode, you coward. We will have that episode someday. We will have that episode someday. I say next week, but I'm not allowed to have a vote. No, you're not. Um Okay, what is this topic? Just tell me it now. All right. Or have you said all that you want to say about the fact that I know great movies? I never, I've never argued that fact. You know great movies. I know, I just wanted to hear you say it. Alright, so Dylan, next week's topic is a two-parter, uh, so it's going to be two weeks. Wait, does that mean I get next two weeks of me doing whatever the fuck I want? So I get next week, and I get the next week, and then you get two weeks after Yay, that. Yay, I get to do whatever the hell I want, and you're fucked. Alright, so Dylan, what movie comes out tomorrow? Green Knight. So in two weeks. Uh-huh. On August 9th, uh-huh. the two of us are going to see The Green Knight together. Correct. So we're going to talk about The Green Knight for our episode in two weeks. Hey, I'm for that. I'm for that. But our episode next Uh-oh. week is going to be thematically similar. Oh? We are going to be watching and discussing the 1983 Arthurian epic Excalibur. Okay, wait, that's a best picture, isn't it? No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, it It is an R-rated two and a half hour long Arthurian epic. Oh, I'm for it then. Give me my R. Give me my blood. With, it's got Helen Mirren. It's got um, Liam Neeson, Gabriel Byrne. It's, yeah, we're watching. We're, so next week we're watching Excalibur. I'm for it. And then the next week, you it. and me, we're going to see the Green Knight together. Yeah. And we could honestly record an episode in person. Oh, we could. Yeah. Easily done. We could just leave the theater and record together because I have that day off. What day is that again? The 9th? Monday, August 9th. I could do that. I can easily do that. Yeah. So the first BPP in person, dude. We're fucked. You're all screwed. You get to see this and him and dude, I'm, within strangling I'm, distance. Exactly. We're going to leap over the table and strangle each other. And dude, I'm going to be able to actually yell because I'm going to be in an apartment that does not have a sleeping baby in the next room over. Oh, we're doing it in my place. Heard. Good enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, I'm, I, I am imposing. I'm coming over to your place. I mean, that's record. fine, man. I don't care. I got it all set up. Sweet. Um. So, yeah. 
That is our <laughs> There's episode. There's just going to be violence. <laughs> it's going to be violence. Much like the Arthurian We times. just pull out swords out of nowhere. Ross, we need to have a discussion. It is going to be, much like in the Arthurian times, loud, violent, and full of shit. So that's that really does it for this week, guys. And um, Dylan, before we go, do you have anything to plug? Um, Always plug cut. Completely useless talking. Find it on everything um, that you will on for podcasts. I would like to plug um, a movie called Nobody that came out earlier Nobody's this year. Nobody's great. Nobody's a fantastic film. It's so film. much fun. And this week with the Bob Odenkirk scare. Um, did you watch he is it? Truly. Oh, did, I'm oh, sorry. What did you no, say? No, never mind. Ignore me. Yeah, yeah. I watched. I watched Nobody earlier this week, and literally the next day, I found out he collapsed on the set of Saul. And I was like, Oh, yeah, of Saul. Um, so uh, Bob Odenkirk is just one of the nicest people in showbiz. He everything I've read that about that we are him, alleged to incredible. He he is an incredible person. Um, everybody that I have I've read about that's met him and everything. Um, he's an incredible person, very funny, very good actor. Um, and we're very, very happy that Bob Odenkirk is going to pull through his um, heart issue. Oh, thank God! I didn't, so, I didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, yeah, that was updated yesterday. Bob Odenkirk, is, is, according to his doctors from yesterday, he's going to be okay. So watch Nobody, support Bob Odenkirk. Really watch anything with him in it. Mister Show is on um, HBO Max. Watch Better Call Saul. So watch anything with Bob Odenkirk because he's incredible. And we're very lucky to have Bob Odenkirk making things in this world. Yes, sir. So that's our episode for this week. Join us next week for Excalibur and the next week for one of my most anticipated fucking movies of the year, The Green Knight. I'm so fucking excited to watch it. Um, you can send us an email at um, benchpicturepod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. You can um, follow us on Spotify, and then you can rate, um, rate, review, and then subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, and spread the show to your friends if you like it. Um, even if you don't. Yeah, even if you don't. Hate, listen. We don't care. It listens to listen. But that does it for this week's episode of the Bench Picture Podcast. So join us next week for our two-week foray into Arthurian mythology to talk about... Excalibur. Are you are you going to say anything, Dylan? I'm supposed to say something. I thought you were going to say something to sign off. No, I thought that was a good. You did it well. Just kill it here. We're fine. <laughs>